listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia and this morning we've got Raiko Celic joining us. Good morning and welcome Raiko. Good morning Jason, how are you doing mate? Not too bad, you're up in Burnie today, you haven't got any surprises and, and you're somewhere else that I don't know about? No, no, I'm up in Burnie. <laughs> That's good, in your hometown at the moment. Um, so Raiko, how's your week been? It's been really good. I know a few days ago, uh, David on Monday spoke about the men's retreat, yeah. and uh, I was at the same men's retreat, and we had an awesome time. Um, we had about 12, 13 people that uh, slept um, where we were staying. We stayed in a place called Guildford, and then on the what, Sabbath, what? we had 26 people come, uh, well, 26 people together that came and worshipped, just men. It was really That's good. That's awesome. Where is Guildford? It's about an hour's drive down south from Burnie, okay. um, and about 15 to 20 minutes from a place called Waratah, which is a small little community uh, yeah. of about 250 people. Yeah, I know where Waratah is, so it's, it's a bit more inland from Waratah, is it? Just mm-hmm. more directly mm-hmm. south of Burnie. Um, so what was the highlight of the weekend for you? I think uh, we we had worship, we had fellowship, we had recreation. There was a lot of things. Uh, we focused on Elijah, uh, and we had three talks. Uh, David uh, spoke about, uh, he gave two talks. He spoke about Elijah mentoring Elisha. Uh, I had a talk about Elijah, the man of God. And then I really enjoyed David's talk about repairing the altar based on First Kings chapter 18, where Elijah repaired the altar there on Mount Carmel. But then uh, David applied it to devotion and the family altar. And he also uh, got uh, us going outside of um, uh, out in the bush and taking a rock and something looking at this rock and how does this resemble me and then we built an altar and this was all symbolic and then we prayed together and made commitment uh, Mm. to God so I really enjoyed that that was really one of the highlights of course we had some good times of recreation and playing some board games and uh, some soccer as well so that was fun too yeah, it's good. Sounds like a good good uh, weekend. Um, I uh, I missed out on that. I couldn't go. I had other commitments down here. But uh, anyway, uh, it sounds like m- quite a few people enjoyed it and and got a lot out of it. Um, now I'll just uh, let our listeners know we have our regular phone number that you can. It's a mobile number that you can text in on. That's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And we really encourage you to text in any questions or queries or comments or feedback that you might have. We will monitor that uh, um, number and we'll get back to you with uh, any queries that you might have. Um, And later in the program, we'll have an offer. It's a new offer this week, a new book that we'll be giving away and we'll give you the code for that. Um, Before we get into today's program, Raiko, let's just, I guess, review where we've come from. Yeah, last week uh, we talked about the parable of the wicked vine dressers, and this was found in Matthew chapter 21. But before we did go into that chapter, we went to Isaiah chapter 5, which built a very good solid foundation before we got into Matthew 21. And in Matthew 21, you read about how there is a vineyard, and this vineyard represents the nation of Israel. 
and you have a landowner, and the landowner represented God the Father. There's also there was also this hedge or this wall around the vineyard which represented God's divine law. Inside you had a wine press, and the wine press when you would press out the grape you, grapes, uh, you would have wine or grape juice, and wine represents. Uh, teachings or doctrine. Uh, interesting, you do find a counterfeit wine in the book of Revelation where you have false teachings, false doctrine. Mm. Um, you also had these vine dressers um, or tenants that took care of the vineyard. And uh, remember, in Matthew 21, we studied how the landowner, he went to a far country. Yeah. Or, and that far country represented heaven. But then he sends his servants during the time of vintage or the harvest, and he sends his servants to see, hey, what have these vine dressers been up to, or these tenants? And these vine dressers and tenants represent uh, the Jewish religious leaders, which represent the Jewish nation. Mm. And when the servants were sent out, what happened, Jason? Can you remember? Well, from from memory, I think the servants represented the prophets, and uh, right. they were killed. The, well, the, the messengers were killed. Yeah, the servants were killed. Right, and, and that was the first batch, and then there was a second batch of servants yep. that were sent out, and the same, same thing. thing happened. And then who was sent after that? The son. The son. Mm. And the son represented who? Jesus. Jesus yeah. Christ. And the Bible goes, hmm, the landowner thought, hmm, they're going to respect him, but they did not respect him at all. Mm. And they killed him, and this represents the the Jewish nation um, not accepting Jesus as the Christ or the Messiah, the anointed one. And Jesus said to these Jewish religious leaders, because he was talking to them in the temple, and it was Tuesday, a few days before his crucifixion, he says, hey, um, it's going to be taken away from you of being God's people, and it's going to be given to a nation that bears fruits. And then Jesus says something really interesting, which is kind of weird on first, you know, the first time you read it, but he said to them, um, there's two options here. You either fall upon the rock or the rock will fall upon you and grind you to powder. What does that mean? Can you remember? Uh, no, you're pushing my memory. I think you're going to have to remind me, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, falling upon the rock. Who's the rock, first of all? Uh, I guess that's Jesus. It is Jesus. Yeah. He's the chief cornerstone. And the New Testament makes that really clear. And uh, in the Old Testament, there was a chief cornerstone related to the temple, which was first rejected, but then it was accepted. And Jesus, he is that chief cornerstone. And yeah. we are living stones built around him. So if we, pull up, if we fall upon the rock, it means we've submitted, we've surrendered ourselves to him. But... If the rock falls upon us, that's judgment, and he will grind us to powder. So that's that's uh, the takeaways were that uh, uh, as a Christian, let us not reject messengers of God. You know, God can have messengers through uh, preachers, through songs, um, and, and God can speak to us. But if you're a non-Christian, we also uh, I also mentioned give God a go. You know, yeah. don't just reject it. Yeah, actually try it out, test it, put it to right. the test. Yeah. Right. Um, now, Raiko, uh, today's program is titled The Parable of the Wedding Feast. Um, right. We'll get into that very shortly, I guess. Um, do you want to pray before we get started? Yep, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, please bless our time of study uh, this morning. Uh, there is a lot to cover, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide to know what to share, what to leave out. And Lord, I pray that um, people that are listening to this show, um, Lord, that they will be encouraged too. So Lord, thank you for this time, and to your glory, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
Right. Let's start. What are we going to be covering? Uh, we, we've talked about the parable of the wedding feast, but uh, where do we start with this? <laughs> well, before we just open up to the scriptures in Matthew 22, uh, verses 1 to 14, this parable of the wedding feast is sometimes also referred to as the parable of the marriage feast or the parable of the wedding garment. And I don't know about you, Jason, but I love weddings. Yeah. Uh, uh, It's beautiful. Uh, They're almost always a a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. And when people... Uh, come to weddings, they're coming from all different parts. Yeah. Uh, they, they, you, you've got to prepare. Um, it can take time. About two years ago, uh, we went up to Canberra. My wife and I, we went up to Canberra for a wedding. And it was really well known at the reception. Oh, we've got Raiko and his wife, Elise, and they're here and they're from Tasmania, you know. Mm. And, and I felt like, well, there's people who have come from further, but. Yeah. Somehow it just feels like Tasmania oh, is further. T- Tasmania is the ends of the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, One and, stop before Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, weddings are beautiful. And uh, I've been married for, in November, it will be now 16 years. And I praise God for that. Yeah. And each year gets better and better. And that's only by God's grace. Mm. And I have to say one thing. Um, in the Bible, and this is an important point. Marriage is seen as a theological framework. What do I mean by that? God, throughout the scriptures, we see that his relationship with us is like a marriage. And so, in a, in a literal sense, with marriage between a man and a woman, it teaches us a lot about our relationship with God. Does that make sense, Jason? Yeah. You know, there are things like commitment and uh, you know, dedication and all that sort of thing that um, it's, is very relevant, I think, to the the model of marriage to our relationship with God. I'm really happy you used the word commitment. Mm. Um, it's actually in my notes here because when we get um, baptized, it's also like getting married to the Lord. Mm. And, and some people sometimes have this attitude of, I'm not good enough to get baptized. Mm. Well, the thing is this, your commitment to God is perfect. Your commitment to Jesus is perfect. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have hiccups, Mm. but your commitment to God is perfect. Mm. And the other thing is, uh, we're talking about a wedding, and the very uh, first uh, uh, example of a miracle of Jesus Christ took place where? At the uh, wedding, it was the uh, the turning water into wine. We we studied that um, with you, didn't we? Yeah, no, yeah. you studied that with David. With David, that's it. Yeah, I, I, I listened to I'm his podcast. I'm doing so many different programs that I thought it might have been you. No, yeah, it was with David, that's right. You're doing the end of Jesus' ministry and he that's did the right. beginning. And, that's and it. he's doing the beginning, Yeah, right? Yeah. And maybe to get, we, uh, maybe David and I can do the middle together. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, the wedding feast is all about hospitality. And when it comes to Jewish wedding feast, uh, the feast will go on for about seven days uh, where you would have close friends and relatives would stay too and uh, there are times where I also give marriage counseling uh, to people and I'm doing um, some young people at the moment and uh, I'll be honest with you I actually enjoy doing it there's two reasons why number one um, a lot of the times I'm teaching prophecy and I think that's great but this is more practical Mm. and number two to be honest I need it myself I need to be reminded as well Mm. And uh, I think we've run out of time. I think we need to take a break. Yeah, we do. And uh, we'll come back after the break and we'll get into the scripture passage. 
This uh, first song is called You and Your Crown by Matthew Mole. Today we're talking with Raiko Chilich and we're about to get into the study of the parable of the wedding feast. So I believe, Raiko, we're going to read that now. 
Yep, so it's Matthew chapter 22 and verses 1 to 14. And we're going to first uh, read everything. We're going to look at the big picture and then we're going to zoom in. And it's interesting, it, there's both ways when you study the Bible where you read the big picture and then you zoom in. And I personally like it where you usually first uh, go verse by verse and then you see the big picture. But it depends on what you're studying, what you're reading. But, but I usually, as I said, I usually like to read verse by verse and then you have to speak this big crescendo, you know, yeah. and you see the big picture. But let's just uh, read uh, uh, about three verses each. Yep. And so I'll get you to start to read verses one to three, and then I'll read four, five, and six, and we'll go on and like so that. On. Yep. Okay, so I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it says, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Again, he sent other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized the servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore... Go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Thanks. So let's go back to verse 1. And I'll read verse 1, and it says here, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, Jesus is in the temple in Jerusalem. It's the Tuesday, just a few days before he's going to be crucified on the Friday. And this is the third parable in a row that he's sharing with these Jewish religious leaders, with the Pharisees and Sadducees and elders. Um, he already shared the parable of the two sons, which we studied. He shared the parable of the wicked vine dresses, and now he's talking about the parable of the wedding feast to them. And can you read verse 2, please? The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. There's a really important phrase here. It's the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And sometimes this is also referred to as the kingdom of God. This is a phrase that Jesus used many times, often. And, uh, for example, we won't open our Bibles there, but in Matthew 13, uh, you read there how Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. And then Jesus shares the parable of the wheat and tares. Mm. In Matthew 13, verse 31, he said, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And then he shares the parable of the mustard seed. Mm. In Matthew 13, verse 33, he says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, and then he shares the parable of leaven. 
In Matthew 13, verse 44, he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. And so Jesus shares the parable of the hidden treasure. In Matthew 13, verses 45 and 46, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. And Jesus shares the parable of the pearl of great price. And in Matthew 13, verse 47, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet. And so Jesus shares the parable of the dragnet. And I think you see the big picture. That's mm. just one chapter alone. Mm. Um, you have John the Baptist. Uh, he begins his ministry by saying in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven, heaven is at hand. Yep. But then you have Jesus. He begins his ministry with the same thing. Uh, in Matthew 4, he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. Now, let's just talk about the Jews very quickly here. They believed that the Messiah was going to come and establish his kingdom on Earth. On earth, yep. Right. But when you read the New Testament, there were two kinds of kingdoms. You have the kingdom of grace and you have the kingdom of glory. Now, what do you think the kingdom of grace is all about, Jason? Kingdom of grace, I'm guessing that's uh, what you know Christ did on the cross you know, in terms of his saving grace so that we can actually be part of the kingdom of heaven. Right. And uh, am I right? <laughs> you you are right. You know, I'm putting you on the spot many times, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you're doing great. I, I, I'm not sure if people uh, think that uh, we've had all these detailed discussions, and I know all the answers, but I don't. This is just a real discussion that we're having on the fly here. So yeah, it's like yeah. having a Bible study. It is the yeah. kingdom of grace is where you've surrendered yourself to Jesus and you've accepted Christ. Yeah, but then you also have the kingdom of glory. You want to have a good guess of what that is all about? I'm guessing the kingdom of glory is ultimately what we're going to experience in the future through the second coming and beyond. Excellent. Right. It, hap- That's just it begins guess. at the second coming. No, 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 no. You're doing great, mate. And really, ultimately... The Bible teaches us how Jesus comes, that's his second coming, and then we go up to heaven for what is known as the thousand years or the millennium, and then um, we'll be coming back to this world, but before we live on this world, it will be recreated new, it will be a new heaven and a new earth, and it's the kingdom of glory. But now let me ask an important question. What is more important, the kingdom of grace or the kingdom of glory? Well, without the kingdom of grace, we can't enter the kingdom of glory. Exactly. That was a trick question, by the way. <laughs> and, and, and so I didn't both give you a are important. <laughs> no, no, no. Both are important, <clears throat> but you, you said it correctly. You cannot receive the kingdom of glory if you've not received the kingdom of grace. Mm. And when you ex, um, accept the kingdom of grace, you become a citizen for the. Um, you become a citizen for the kingdom of grace, um, and uh, this helps you becoming a citizen for the kingdom of glory. Mm. So we're talking here about a marriage. There's a wedding taking place. We've read the whole parable, and uh, let me ask the question, where does this marriage take place, Is it, or when does it take place? Does it take place before or after Jesus Christ comes? This is before, I believe. It's, it's an invitation to, uh, well, actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. This is a parable, so it's not a literal event. Remember but, but later Jesus, on, but Jesus is speaking in in the time you know when he was when he was here. So again, I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, there are a few invitations. Yeah, and later on, we read about how good and bad people were invited. Mm. 
So let me ask a question. Are there going to be bad people up in heaven? No. So so that would indicate that this is happening in our time, you know, whilst we're on earth here. Right. Yeah. Is anyone going to be thrown out of heaven because, uh, you know, you accidentally made it into heaven? I don't think so. I think that uh, it'll be decided beforehand. Good. So, so let me just uh, give a bit of interpretation here. So here we have, number one, we have the kingdom of heaven. And this is the kingdom of grace, but then eventually gives way to the kingdom of glory uh, as you go through the parable. In this parable, who do you think the king represents? The king, I suspect, represents Jesus or God. He represents God the Father. Mm. Um, and remember, he's preparing a marriage for the Son. And who is the Son? Jesus. It is Jesus Christ. And we still need to identify who the bride is, and, and we'll do that later on. Mm. So let's read uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 3. Please read verse 3. He sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Wow. Now, based on our previous previous parable, who are the servants? The servants, the previous parable being uh, the vineyards. You're talking yep. about the, the, the wicked vine dressers. Um, the, yep. that, that would be the uh, people of Israel, I guess, okay. or, or people who were meant to be going out to invite people. That would be those who believe. Would that be right? The servants here represent the prophets or the messengers ah, yeah. of God. Yes, and, and uh, so that's the they same were to as go the previous out. one. Yeah, yeah, just the same. Uh, Amos chapter three verse seven: Surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secrets to His servants, yes. the prophets. Yeah. And sometimes we read the Bible very quickly, but it says here, "And sent out His servants to call those who were." were mm. is past tense they were invited to the wedding so they were already invited but now there is these servants gone out to call them and in the ancient customs <clears throat> excuse me there was this thing of where you're called or you're told about uh, you're told about oh you're invited to the wedding but then there's this formal invitation there's this formal call and we do the same thing today don't we yeah. um if there's a wedding on uh i would say people would say hey uh I'm going to have a wedding. Um, I want you to come to the wedding. But it, it's just word of mouth. But then later on, there's a formal invitation sent. Yeah. And in those cases back then, uh, they wouldn't send a letter or a card. It would be servants would be sent out and there would be this call to come to the wedding. And so really what we see here in this passage of Scripture, we see that there was a first invitation uh, by um, to come to the wedding, and then there was a second invitation where the servants were sent out. But with the second invitation, there was this first call. And uh, David, do we have enough time to keep on going, or do we need to have a break? We should go to a break. Um, and I will just uh, uh, introduce to our listeners our book today that we're going to be giving away is called Christ's Object Lessons. We'll give you a bit more information about that later. But uh, if you haven't written it down already, our number to text in is 0488 880891. So after the break, we'll continue on with this discussion. It's a bit in-depth, and uh, I'm certainly learning heaps through this uh, RICO. So... Thank you for doing this, and we'll come back after the break. This song, Captivate Us, by Watermark, is the group that is doing this. 
face is beautiful and your eyes are like the stars your gentle hands have healing there inside the scars your loving arms they draw me near and your smile it brings me peace draw me closer oh my lord draw me closer lord to thee and captivate us oh jesus Set our eyes on you Devastate us With your presence Falling down And rushing river Draw us nearer Holy fountain Consume us with you And captivate us Lord Jesus with you Your voice is powerful And your words are radiant bright In your breath and shadow I will come close and abide Whisper love and life divine And your fellowship is free Draw me closer, oh my Lord Draw me closer, Lord, to thee And captivate us, Lord Jesus Set our eyes on you Devastate us with your presence falling down And rushing river draw us nearer Holy fountain consume us with you Captivate us, Lord Jesus, with you Lord 
Jesus with you Captivate us Lord Jesus with you Welcome back to Tassie Encounters and you're listening to our series 3MJ with Raiko Chilich. Now Raiko, we've just been talking about the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew 22 and we read that uh, the servants went out to invite the people to the wedding but the people were not willing to come. Mm-hmm. This was a royal wedding, wasn't it? Yeah. And mm. imagine you refuse to come to a royal wedding. Mm. Just imagine this. Uh, I don't even know when, but many years ago when uh, Prince Charles and Princess Diana got married. And imagine Queen Elizabeth invited you uh, to the wedding. She mm. gave you an invitation and she goes, Oh, I would like you to attend the wedding of my son. And uh, you responded and said, Oh, but I can't go to London. Mm. Uh, and, and the Queen says, I'll pay for you. And uh, then you would say, oh, but I have nothing to wear. And the queen says, well, don't worry about that. I will purchase some type of garment for you. And then you say, but where am I going to stay? I don't know where I'm going to stay. And she goes, well, don't worry about that. All expenses are paid. We'll find you a place. And why would you want to reject or refuse that invitation? Yeah, good question. Obviously, you don't want to go. No, no. So I've already mentioned how... When you look at Matthew 22, here, verse uh, verse 3, there were two invitations. You had the first invitation, yeah. and then you have the second invitation, and with the second invitation, you have the first call. And the question is, well, what does all of this mean? Uh, the first invitation was really, it represented the prophets of the Old Testament leading up to John the Baptist um, before Jesus came to the Jews. It was uh, really this this invitation to accept God, to accept Jesus. And the second invitation was Jesus and his disciples to the Jews. Yeah. Um, you know, to accept God, to follow God. And uh, in the book Christ Object Lessons, on page 308, it says this, The call to the feast had been given by Christ's disciples. Our Lord had sent out the twelve and afterward the seventy, proclaiming that the kingdom of God was at hand, that means near, and calling upon men to repent and believe the gospel. That's what the call was all about, the invitation. But the call was not heeded, and those who are bidden to the feast did not come. Uh, Let's continue reading. Can you please read Matthew 22 and verse 4, please? Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited... See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. Here at the end of verse 4, it says, come to the wedding. It's, mm. it's, it's a call, to yeah. be honest. It's another call. It's a second call. But there is a third invitation here. It says, again, he sent out other servants, saying, tell those who are invited. Um, so there's, there's already been two invitations, and now there's a third invitation with a second call. But... If I invited someone 
and they refuse to come, I don't know if I would want to invite them again. Mm. But here we see that the king, he is very generous and he is very forgiving. So remember, the first invitation was the prophets of the Old Testament and John the Baptist, leading up to John the Baptist, uh, who was, uh, who, um, these people came before Christ, and this was to the Jews. It was really the gospel invitation. The second invitation was Jesus and his disciples to the Jews with the first call. But now the question is, who was the third? Um, who was part of this third invitation? Well, this was where the disciples and apostles of Jesus they were inviting the Jews to accept the gospel after Jesus's crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. Mm. And here it mentions, um, looking at verse four, it says, "See, I have prepared my dinner; my oxen and fatted cattle are killed." I don't know about you, Jason, but I really enjoy weddings because there's always special food, isn't there? Mm. And uh, this this is kind of maybe strange to some people, but it mentions oxen and fatted cattle. Oxen, according to Jewish understanding, this is a clean animal, not an unclean animal. And uh, when we think about oxen, we're thinking here about now the sanctuary service. And uh, this, the sanctuary service of the Old Testament teaches us about the plan of salvation. And uh, one person said this, through the sacrificial system, God was inviting Israel to receive Jesus, the Lamb of God, and become citizens of the kingdom of grace. Um, but Israel didn't recognize this. Let me ask a question. How do you think the king felt when you have uh, people refusing this first call or this appeal, this invitation, how do you think they, they felt? After the first uh, Sorry, one? how do you think the king felt, yeah? Well, the first, the first one, you know, perhaps disappointed, and then uh, obviously later it says here he was actually furious, so that's after multiple um, requests or multiple invitations. Right, right. Yeah. You know, uh, my, my plan was to go to Revelation 19, but we don't have time. In, in Revelation 19, he talks about the marriage of the Lamb and his wife. Mm. And then you read how the wife in Revelation 21, uh, verses 9 to 11, you read how the wife, the bride, is actually the new Jerusalem. And uh, we are invited to be part of that. And you have God's people in the new Jerusalem, and God's people represents God's church. And it's interesting, in the Bible, a woman is also represented as a church too. So you have the bride, the new Jerusalem, we are the guests, we are the citizens, and we become, um, we're part of this marriage with Jesus Christ. So in summary thus far, we see that the king is God the Father, the son is Jesus Christ, uh, the guests are the Jews in the context here, but then later on it will shift to us as well. Yeah, I, I was uh, going to say there has to be some relevance to us today. Yes. Um, uh, the servants are prophets, um, God sending his messengers as well, and uh, the bride is the new Jerusalem, and we become part of the church. Mm. Uh, do we have time to continue? Yeah, verse just for five. a little bit, yep. Uh, can you read verse 5? Yep, it says, But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. Hmm. The guests made light of it. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, they didn't care too much. They didn't uh, put much importance on going to this wedding. Yeah, right. They had this, yeah, didn't care much at all, yeah. carefree attitude. And uh, it talks about one went to his farm. This has to do with property. 
and another to his business, which yeah. has to do with money. It's like these things are more important than the invitation, mm. which is more important, and, and to make an application, more important sometimes to certain people than um, the gospel, the mm. invitation to the gospel. Um, we, we see in verse 5, and uh, let me read verse 6, sorry. I'll read verse 6. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. And this is exactly what we see, God's messengers being killed. For example, in the book of Acts, you see how Stephen is stoned. And uh, in Acts chapter 12, you read about how James, uh, one of the disciples of Jesus, he was also uh, martyred. And he was also, um, he he was just not appreciated at all. And uh, in verse 7, can you please read that? But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Hmm. Just remember, there was this call, the third, uh, the third invitation, which is the second call. This was to the Jews after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And we know, and again, we don't want to offend the Jews, but they didn't accept, as a nation, they didn't accept Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah. And we see how the king, he's furious, he's upset. Uh, this is the wrath of the king, uh, the wrath of God. And he sent out his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. What city are we talking here about? You want to take a guess, Jason? I'm, I'm guessing Jerusalem when it was uh, ransacked. We, co- we covered that exact topic yesterday with uh, Gary Webster on his program. That's totally yeah. right. This is a prophecy, and God allowed the Roman armies to mm. destroy the city of Jerusalem yeah. in AD 70. That's it. Yeah. Mm, that, that, there's judgment coming here. And then verse 8, it says, uh, Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. That's really sad. You're not worthy to be part of this wedding. Mm. So ultimately, um, you know, there's there's a choice that people have to make when when that invitation comes, and uh, if we reject it, then we become unworthy. Mm, mm, mm. Now let's go to this break. It's called the River. Come on down. It's an invitation. So uh, I I like this song. It's nice, uh, lively song by Hilary Scott and the Scott family. Secrets, wishing you could let them go. Do you feel like an orphan searching for a home? Well, there's a love that fills what's empty. There's a place you can be changed. There's a God who knows you. He's calling out your name. Come on down. Mississippi From the giver of endless grace And everyone is welcome here 
to dive into the waves So leave the questions far behind you Leave your past back on the shore down to the river that's an invitation and we were talking earlier about the invitations and uh, there's actually four in this passage we've been studying well we've uh, covered three thus far <laughs> and we've covered three but there's four and the first one was obviously the mail out or whatever that went before the servants and I, I was a little bit confused about that earlier but uh, we had a bit of a discussion during the break and and you sorted me out so yeah the first invitation <laughs> was the mail out you know the one that you got in the mail and then of course people hadn't responded to that so he sent out his servants to to invite them again so yeah um, just before we go on Raiko I want to mention our offer for today it's the book Christ's Object Lessons and you read from that earlier uh, it's from the Happiness Digest series by Ellen G. White in this devotional classic the author plums the depths of the best love teachings of Jesus offering a deeply spiritual understanding of the parables of Christ as they apply to life today providing practical applications in a way that touches the heart um, fantastic little book that uh, really gets into these parables so um, the code for that you can text in any time 3MJ and the number 2 so the number 3MJ and the number 2 just send a text with nothing else in it just those 
four um, characters, 3MJ2, and text it into 0488880891. So that's a new book. We haven't been offering that one before in our series. I encourage you to text in to get that. Now, Raiko, we've got about six minutes left. What have we got to finish off here? We've still got a few verses to wrap up. Right. So please read verse 9 for us. It says, Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. This is the servants. They're going to go out and they're going to speak. And by speaking, they're using their voice. It's audio. It's another call. Yeah. This is really the fourth invitation. And, and the, the last and the, one. Yeah, the last one, and it's the third call. And and it's interesting that book, Christ Object Lessons, talks about how the third call to the feast represents the giving of the gospel to the Gentiles. Right, yeah. And so there was a first invitation, and I want to mention this again. It was where the prophets of the Old Testament and John the Baptist, they are, there's this invitation to the gospel to the Jews. The second invitation, Jesus and his disciples of the gospel invitation to the Jews during the time of Jesus' ministry. The third invitation is the disciples and apostles to the Jews after Jesus' crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. You can really see here, this is really God's mercy. Mm. And, And then the fourth invitation is really Really, um, this this comes when Stephen was stoned in uh, Acts chapter seven in AD thirty four, and it also brings an end to the seventy weeks prophecy. And we can't get into this of Daniel chapter nine in AD thirty four, where the gospel then goes not just to the Jews but to the Gentiles, to the whole world. And, and so there's this gospel invitation, which is also known as the third call when you study this parable. And that invitation still stands for us today. Right. So let's try and wrap this up. Let's yeah. go to verse 10. Uh, so those servants went out into the highways and gathered all together, sorry, gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. <laughs> there are good people called to the gospel invitation and bad people. Yeah. And it all depends on how you respond. Uh, sometimes there are bad people who respond to the gospel invitation, but the question is why? Well, maybe they have some type of agenda uh, as to why they're accepting it, but maybe they haven't really sincerely accepted all of these things. Mm. Um, but then you have those who are bad, and they fully accept the gospel invitation, and they change and they, they change. repent. Yeah. Yep. Uh, verse 11. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. Wow. You know, this is interesting because back in that in those times, the culture was that the king would provide a wedding garment. Yeah, he turned up in shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's say thongs. Yeah, and thongs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really tempted to talk about that coming like that to church. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, but uh, ima- imagine coming to a wedding. Um, usually when people go to weddings, they dress up, don't they? Normally, you, yeah. You, yeah, you, you want to look respectful. It's a respectful. bit of an expectation, yeah. Yeah, it, it's something that is special. Mm. A- and so here you have this person uh, not having a wedding garment. Uh, verse 11. Uh, we just read that, so verse 12. Oh, we did read. Yeah. Actually, there's one more point here. The king came in to see... Okay, the guests, he came yeah. to see. So the king was actually inspecting. He was examining. He mm. was investigating. And you know, this is like a what we would sometimes call an investigative judgment. Um, there's a whole teaching on that as well. Uh, verse twelve. So he said to him, "Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment?" And he was speechless. 
I'm still amazed that the king who represents God calls him friend. Mm. He's still very nice to him, and this person couldn't answer. Now, I think this is a very important point. What does this wedding garment represent? I suspect it means, um, you know, we, we, there's many passages in the Bible where it talks about having the robes of Christ. You know, the, the, uh, we need to be washed in, in the robes um, or wear the robes that represent Christ's uh, forgiveness, Christ's perfection. Right. The, 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 the wedding garment represents exactly what you said, the robes of righteousness. Yeah. But and, not our righteousness, Christ's righteousness. Is that right? That's right, yeah. because Isaiah 64 verse 6 says that our righteousness is like what? Filthy rags. Filthy rags. Mm. And, and I would have loved to go to Zechariah chapter 3 verses 1 to 5 where you know it talks about taking off the filthy garments, or in other words, taking off our sin and we are covered by the righteousness of Christ. Mm. And that's a beautiful concept. And so this man without a wedding garment represents those who profess to be Christians, but they feel no need of transformation of character. They've rejected uh, yeah. what Christ has offered them. Right. And remember, when we studied these um, on Tuesday, the events that took place, first you have the fig tree, there's um, no fruit, so there's no character of God. Um, And the Jewish religious leaders had no character of God back here 2,000 years ago. They questioned authority of Jesus Christ. And as you continue, Jesus shares a parable with them of the two sons where these Jewish religious leaders, they're all about talk but no action. And then the next parable is the parable of the wicked vine dressers where they are just rejecting um, the messengers, God's servants, and now they want to have their own wedding garment on. Mm. You know, they, 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 they want to, they, they, it's their own righteousness, not the righteousness of Christ. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so what are the key takeaways today, Raike? I, I think one of the key takeaways um, that we can take away is also where it says at the end of this parable, um, there, there is going to be judgment, and I don't want to. I don't want people to be afraid of the judgment. You know, it's about having a relationship with God, and the Bible does say that judgment is made in favor of the saints in Daniel chapter seven, verse twenty-two. But it does say here, for many are called, but few are chosen. Mm. And there are many people called to this wedding feast, and. There are people who are rejecting it. And why wouldn't you want to be part of this wedding, to be with Christ? And you want to put on those garments of righteousness. And uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 17, it says, And the spirit and the bride say, Come. See, there's a call. And let him who hears says, Come. And let him who thirsts, Come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. And we talked about the kingdom of grace. And my favorite Bible verse is Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to finish with this Bible text because we talked about righteousness and the garments and the wedding garment. This comes from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. Mm. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. That's a beautiful passage. You know, these garments of salvation. And 
I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of God, and I hope those who are listening want to become become citizens of God and um, to experience that joy. And I guess the, the the question is, do you want to come to the wedding feast? Yeah, absolutely, and put on the garments. Mm. Well, thank you, Roko. We are out of time. I just remind our listeners, Christ's Object Lessons, the book that's available today, 0488880891 and the code 3MJ2. Now, next week, Roko, what's our topic on your program next Wednesday? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, render to Caesar, the things that are Caesar's, and we're going to talk about taxes. I know um, a lot of people love to pay their taxes, right? Yeah, not many people do, but <laughs> no, I'm just it's being something sarcastic. we have to do. <laughs> no, yeah. no, just being sarcastic. <laughs> um, so, and tomorrow with Peter Watts on searching for certainty, and his topic is why so much suffering. So until then, we hope you have a great day wherever you are and whenever you're listening. Um, you may be listening after the event, but wherever you are, we just uh, hope and pray that, uh, that God is with you and you have a great day today. We'll talk to you next week, Rocco. Thanks, mate.